What's up, witches, and welcome to Witch Space. I'm Gemini. And I'm Scorpio. And today, for a witch in time, well, actually, not a witch in time, a hexenmeister in time, we have Hex and Spellwork, The Magical Practices of the Pennsylvania Dutch by Carl Herr, who is a hexenmeister. And we'll talk about what that is in a second. This book came out in 2002, so uh, kind of old mm-hmm. for us. This year, we've kind of done more. Yeah, this right? is one of our older books this year. Yeah, this is one of our older books. So he is a third generation hexenmeister. And this is a pseudonym, the one that I just mentioned. That's like not his yes. name. Um, who lives and works in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. So Pennsylvania Dutch, but not Amish. Because I know some people who, you know, some people are saying, of course, that's not the same thing. But for some people, they may think that it is. So I just wanted to clarify that the Amish are not part of this tradition that we're going to be talking about in this book. To start off with, I have a quote. So this was a very, this book was not what I was expecting. Let's put it that way. But I... What were you expecting? Well, it said the magical practices of the Pennsylvania Dutch and... And again, I bought this book at, um, what do you call it, at Catland. And every time I would go in there to look for stuff, it's like this book popped out. I would go online or the physical store and like the book. So I finally just said, you know what, let's read Hex and Spellwork. And I guess in my mind, I didn't think of the Pennsylvania Dutch. I just focused on Hex and Spellwork. Mm-hmm. So as I started reading, you know, and this book is printed by Wiser. So again, I'm thinking it's a witch book. So here's my quote, because not only is it the only quote that I could pull out of here, it was from the intro. Also, I think it'll give you an idea of what it is we're talking about. So this book is about powwow, curing and other magical practices and similar traditional ways that many of the Pennsylvania Dutch people still use today. They are practices that most people in our fast paced modern society society hardly know exist. Yet in these practices, there are echoes of magical arts that reach back to the earliest beginnings of human civilization. And why did you pick that quote, Scorpio? Because I felt it really summed up what this was going to be about. I feel like that is a very generous quote. What do you mean? I, I think that the quote has the least amount of Jesus in it for a book that is summing up, for a quote that is summing up the book we just read. Okay, see, I wasn't going to go there yet, but before we started recording, I did say to Gemini, um, okay, let's go and may the blood of Jesus be with us, because it felt like every other thing in this book was about the blood of Jesus or something of Jesus, yeah. So, really quickly, because I do want to dive into all the kind of uh, non-traditional parts, the the parts that I don't think are aligned with, like, our witchcraft... Um, Hexenmeister is German. Yes. Its root is in German for spellmaster, yeah. sometimes called a witchmaster. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't do witchcraft. That's a very important distinction. Hexenmeisters don't do witchcraft. They fight witches. Um, let's start. Let's start with chapter one because in chapter one he like talks about, or is it the intro? He talks about meeting this this young couple who are like Wiccans. And they ask him about his tradition and it motivates him to write this book. I think it's the intro. Yes. And he says a sentence that when you're first reading the book, the sentence is like, oh my God, this is so cool. I can't wait to talk about this. There must be some original witchcraft sect from which all these many traditions descended. 
and he's referencing like how there's all these different types of Christianity, but everybody's Christian. So what must the original witchcraft be? And I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be such a cool like analysis of the ways that like the Pennsylvania Dutch overlaps with other, no, no, it's, it's a trap. It's a trap. (laughs) Um, it's a trap. (laughs) And he talks about like how witches are evil, but oh, this couple isn't evil. They're fine. They're just worshiping the earth, which is God's creation. And that's the part that got me because I feel like these are the same people who won't use the proper pronouns for folks. Do you know what I mean? It's like um, my pronouns are if somebody would just say they, them. No, sweetie, it's not, right? Um, they're not witches. No, they're just, they're, they're nature worshipers. It's like, no, they just told yeah. you that they're Wiccan. They're, they're actually witches, right? It's the same kind of vibe. Like, no, I know better. And I'm telling you that you're not a witch, you're a nature lover. And that's that. I just, that's the vibe that I got with this. A hundred percent. You know? So it's, and, and I said to, I said to Scorpio before we started recording, we have to be sensitive and I'm immediately like, I don't want to be. But the problem, I think that when I'm reading this book, there's so much mention of the Lord and God and Jesus and all of this. And we're devout Christians. And I don't have a problem with that. And I, I honestly, as I was reading it, I was like, I would love to maybe talk to like a folk Italian practitioner or a folk Irish practitioner, like people who identify as Catholic or as Christian or as Baptist, but are doing magic, I think is super interesting. And if that's a thing you're interested in, this book is for you. But the way that this practice is described is, is traditional in a way that I am made very uncomfortable by. And so he goes into these descriptions of witches that he has gone up against and they're they're two women and a man. And the man is pretty much, he's like, yeah, he wasn't nice, but like he was fine. And the women, he talks in depth about like how bad they were and all the bad things that they did. And he, he even goes on to say like there are male witches, but it's mostly women. But the male witches are more powerful. And my my first thought as I'm reading this whole section is like, I don't know, I support women's wrongs. I feel like maybe the witchcraft they did was like, okay, maybe it probably wasn't that bad. He's talking about this woman who is supposedly having coitus with Satan because her child died and her neighbors are talking all this shit about how she goes and fucks Satan at night when the full moon is up. And it's like, well, if my kid died, I would hope my neighbors would like come help me. Would like be supportive of me and not talk a bunch of shit about how I'm a hoe for the devil. (laughs) Like if I, I read it and I tried to be patient with it, but all I came out with it was maybe women should do more bad things. Okay. So let's take a step back and (laughs) let's go back into the book. Because here's the thing. I'm not going to disagree with you. The very beginning of the book, I found very off-putting first like you mentioned, um, the whole reason, the how he treated the young people that, you know, came to see him. And then, of course, he says that everything is up to the almighty God. And, and he and he starts with that and he's pretty heavy about that. And he they do, the beginning of the book does seem very judgmental, like absolutely. But then mm-hmm. as we keep going, we start seeing the similarities or I saw the similarities between what mm-hmm. he does and what we do. Okay, and I kind of almost wish that he could see that before he starts saying these people are not witches. I think it's fine to say I am not a witch. 
I do spells and I understand that witches also do spells. Mm -hmm. But because his practice is literally founded on this idea that I have to kill witches or not kill witches, but I have to beat the witches and the witches are the work of the devil. You're not going to get him to ever, maybe ever. I mean, he Mm -hmm. might have changed his mind by, by now. But to see this idea that, oh, no, it's not the devil right there are witches that do this there are people who do bad things i'm here to do good things and in fact he even talks about the fact in case you're wondering how do you become a spell master you don't need to be initiated he says you just have to have a love of curing people helping people and a love of the lord but he also talks about even though you don't get initiated i thought it was interesting how his grandfather and his father became hexenmeisters Mm -hmm. so i don't know if we want to jump to that so let's just go chapter one is about right there okay so we're gonna to heck with everything else okay so (laughs) so guys at this point you know us we got this i know we'll go back to the chapters at some point if there's something that we missed because there are things that i want to talk about so you get the gist of what the beginning is like it's about you know how to set it up so let's go there his grandfather when he was born this woman miss anne uh, told his great-grandparents, hey, your son is going to be a... Because she was a Hexenmeister. So it doesn't matter. Gender doesn't matter. And she says he's got the makings of a great Hexenmeister. So what they did was he was 10 years old. 10 years old, people. They sent this child to go live with Miss Anne. And he basically was her servant because he says he helped around the house. He did domestic things. Yeah. So she had a servant for about nine years or so. And during that time, she also taught him how to be a Hexenmeister. So, oh, and that's not it. Then when he becomes of age, she arranges a marriage for him. I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, my God. And, of course, the family was at first concerned, but then they were thrilled. And he married this woman and they were very happy for, I don't know, like their whole lives. Basically, they died, I think he said, one week from each other. Um, at a very old yes. age or in their 70s. I don't think they were that old. They were in their 70s, I think. And then, but anyway, when they had his father, Miss Anne at this point was very old. But off you go when he was 10 years old and he stayed for nine years. And I think the only reason this guy didn't go was simply because she was probably dead at that point. So his grandfather and she, his father. He, yeah, the father left Miss Anne's house because Miss Anne died. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. She was dead. So um, his grandfather and his father taught him how to be a Hexenmeister. So you do have to learn certain things, but it's not an initiation. It's not like, you know, you can't do it if you wanted to, but you should should learn the proper ways to do it. And you should do that through another Hexenmeister, kind of like an apprenticeship more than an initiation. Yeah. Did I do this in order? No, actually, this is in oh, order. She okay, is so in chapter one. I was trying to look in there. And he... Yes, and... Oh, it... did we talk about a white stone in chapter one? Um, No, we didn't talk about it. That was in chapter one? I don't... Okay, my notes are all messed up, but he does make... There's a quote that he says, and when you were talking about the similarities, this one really stuck out to me. Um... Not a similarity to everybody, but a similarity to me specifically, where he said a real Hexenmeister works on his reputation and does not ever advertise. And I just felt like that really hit me <laughs> because I am constantly, I like I was talking to 
our friend Aquarius the other day and she was like you really need to be doing readings like you should do that and you should start a business and I'm like I don't want to I never want to be a business person ever I have a business bitch brain but I don't have business bitch follow through so the idea that he was like yeah yeah, yeah. I'm like not supposed to advertise at all he talks about like I didn't even want to put a sign up outside of my house but I was like oh it'll be for the people who are already looking for me and so that's okay like that is exactly the kind of witch that I am it's like if you know about us you know about us and if you don't know about us you don't know about us so I read that and I was like, oh, okay, we're not like that different. No, I mean, he me, even talks about the fact that the Hexenmeisters don't charge. And I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I mm-hmm. am. Like if somebody needs something from me, I just do it. I don't charge anybody for it. So yeah. um, I really want to get into health and healing. Yes, I do want to, I want to ask you one question, which I think is still from chapter one. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks about the fact that Hexenmeisters can do Hexenmeistering because of, I think it's a psalm, um, that people of a good heart and pure soul can perform miracles. Mm -hmm. What's the difference between a miracle and a spell? That's a good point. Well, like, for you, is there a difference? Oh, a miracle and a spell? First of all, I believe in spells. I don't believe in miracles. Okay? Like, (laughs) spells take work. Miracles, to me, are just... Like, you know, something just miraculously mm-hmm. happened and spells don't happen because it's a miracle. Spells happen because people put work into the, into the spell. And the thing is, he also does spell work. So, eh, like, I don't yeah. even know what he really means by that. But yeah, I don't believe in miracles. I mean, I will say like, wow, you know, that's lucky. Or I might say, oh, it's a miracle, but I don't really believe that miracles happen. Which is funny, first of all, because we're like, two witches on a witchcraft podcast being like yeah miracles aren't real but also i agree with you i think it's like a miracle has to be divine intervention right and i guess for me it's like the audacity to believe that i'm important enough not only to get one divine intervention but like multiple divine interventions to be able to just be like hey could you please intervene like i don't know that feels I don't personally believe in that is the way that I'm stating that sentence. But I understand the distinction, I think, if we see miracles as divine intervention and spells as not divine intervention. Yeah, I think that people don't realize that all the energy that you put out, whether it's your daily life, you are working and you help people or whatever, everything you put out into the universe will come back at you. Like, I really believe that. So if you do a lot of good work, and I'm not saying like, you sacrifice your life. I'm saying day to day. How do you live your day to day, your interactions on a daily basis with people? I'm not saying bad things aren't going to happen. Accidents happen. Like stuff just happens to you. But I think when you think, wow, wasn't I lucky today? Or wow, this happened. Maybe that's just because all the energy you're putting out is good. So of course, you're going to get a lot of little miracles, you know, quote unquote. Like, I do believe in stuff like that. They're not miracles. Again, whether you've intentionally done a spell or not, you are weaving a spell in your day-to-day. How you are, who you are, is what's going on to the universe. That is so beautiful. Oh, okay. What a sentence right there. You're weaving a spell in your day-to-day. What you are goes out into the universe. Stunning. Gorgeous. Stick that in a stick and and spell. I was going to say sit and spell. (laughs) 
Uh, Put that done. in a sentence, spell. Will do. Yes, yeah. ma'am. I'm okay. going. So, um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about healing. So, so here's the thing. He talks about the Amish actually will go to a Hexenmeister. And the reason he said is because they're very uh, private people, right? They don't like to expose their body parts. They said that even their spouses don't ever see them. And, you know, it, it's one thing. Ever? They said, according to the book, you don't remember that? Yeah, he said. No, I don't remember that. Yeah, I think I blocked that one out. For some of them. <laughs> I read it and I was like, no. Even their <laughs> mate, he used, I think he used the word mate, has never seen them fully unclothed. And I thought, okay, it's one thing to be religious it's another thing to that's such body shame there that i just think is is horrendous like this idea that your doctor can't see you naked like i it's your doctor i i don't i don't even know how to process this because on the one hand i'm sitting here and i'm like i we need to be nice and on the other hand i'm sitting here and i'm like i hate that I mean, are we being judgmental? Yes. But I think we're also coming from a point of view of like, you know, you don't have to be an exhibitionist. Nobody's saying you should be an exhibitionist. You should, you can be as prudent with how you treat your body as, as you want. But I, there is nuance. There is nuance. And, you know, he yeah. sa- the reason I was bringing this up is because he said the Amish like going to a Hexenmeister because they don't ever have to disrobe like they would mm-hmm. for a doctor. You know, I just think it's a little cuckoo that we have medicine that can help you, okay? Yeah. And if the doctor asks you to disrobe because they want to check to see, like, and usually they don't, you don't have to disrobe completely. No, I haven't been fully naked in front of a doctor. You know what I mean? Like, they don't do that. There is mm-hmm. modesty there. But the idea that my appendix could burst but I don't want to expose that part or have you touch me. You know what I don't want? I don't want to die. How's that? I would like a doctor to tell me what they need, right? And of course, especially if you're an adult um, and if you have kids, you should be in the room with the kids if you, you feel that you don't, you know, you want something explained to you. But oh my God, it should make sense. Like if it says it hurts in my abdomen, it's not unusual for the doctor to say, can I... You expose your abdomen. I mean, I just feel that that's, you know, so anyway. So you're talking about this and it reminds me of a story of a, a series of Instagram posts that might have been a TikTok, but I only have Instagram um, about this woman who used to be like a crunchy mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I equate that she was kind of part of that like alt-right pipeline of woo-woo people where it's like, you start to become so anxious of like contaminants and toxins that you end up like, you know, you're, you're woo woo in that you're like, I'm in touch with the earth. I only use natural stuff, but you're like the weird ones who like storm the Capitol wearing horns like that energy. Um, and she got cancer and she tried for a lo- like longer than was appropriate to heal herself with like essential oils and elderberry syrup and like faith healing and it wasn't until a doctor said to her like if we don't do something now you're going to die that she was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna trust modern medicine there's nothing else I can do 
and the community that she was in shamed her wow for getting cancer treatment and so now what she does is she talks about like you know I'm alive (laughs) because I went to the doctor and the doctor gave me medical treatment and I think that that's it doesn't matter whether or not you're Amish or you're this incredibly quote-unquote progressive you know (laughs) that that white lady that everybody knows who's a little bit of a hippie like it doesn't matter what your actual what the religion is if it's preventing you from accessing care yeah that's concerning yeah that's the stuff that's always bothered me because i feel that if you love the lord because the lord is giving you life then the lord wants you to live it i don't know but of course he has mentioned that even the hexenmeister when they they heal it's like an attempted heal like it's never them it's always god which is why they don't charge for anything like that because if they, the person does get healed, it's because of God. You know, they can't guarantee a healing, so they will never take money. And they call it try for an illness. They don't call it a healing so much as I'm trying for an illness. I'm trying to go after a illness and they hex the illness to get it out of the person. But, you know, I agree with you. It's like, go to a doctor and even he says it's not a substitute. Yeah. And I appreciated that he did on multiple occasions in the book say like, hey, and he talked about cancer and he's like, yeah, for cancer, you should see a doctor. And I liked that. I appreciated that. Um, But it did, it did, it does concern me. That whole section about like not wanting to take your clothes off. But, you know, it's not the only group out there that like you just mentioned that other woman so there are people that just feel that way. I, and I do think it's sad because I think it's 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 sad whenever anybody passes away when yeah. it can be prevented, you know. Anyway, he goes on to money and payment. We talked about that. But then, okay, so for healing, he's not going to charge because that's God healing, not him. But for magical work, and I thought this was interesting, he will listen to the request. And then he will think about it, Right. And he will pray on it. Is this something that I should be doing? Is this good work? And you know what? I liked that too. Because I yeah. feel that sometimes as witches, we get heated and we're like, that's it. I'm lighting the candle, right? I'm doing something. And the 24-hour rule is a nice rule, right? Whenever you're really yeah. angry, whatever, you know what? Wait 24 hours. You're still upset? Go ahead. Like, you still feel you should light do that? Light the candle. Light the, light the candle. But anyway, so he says he'll think about it. And then if he believes in his heart that it's a good thing, it's the right thing, then he'll quote a price. However, the person does not pay when they do the spell. They pay once they're satisfied. So whatever the spell was, and of course, it's got to be a good spell. He's not going to do, he's not going to hex somebody for you. The hexing only happens when he's talking to an illness or he's trying to get a curse mm-hmm. on you, gone. That's what they call the spell, right? He's attacking the bad thing with a spell. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like up to the person, which, and even then the payment could be, I'm going to make you a turkey dinner. I'm yes. going to give you, right? It's um, And it's always considered a gift. Like it's not necessarily you have to. And that's my favorite 
part. I love how sort of integrated the Hexenmeister is into the community. Um, and it's that's the thing and I, I think that's why as much as this book stressed me out I liked the book because I romanticized the idea of being that kind of person for my community right I would love to be the kind of person that like okay yes people know I'm a witch and yes people come to me because they know I know things that could help I think at least for me, it's a thing that I'm I'm mourning the loss of in our communities mm. is that, you know, for me, sort of that wise woman character, um, but that the wise person in general, the, the, the wise elder in general, I think we have, at least in our area, lost a lot of, um, and I'm not going to talk about my grandmother because I don't, I'm not crying again today, but... Um, but, you know, I there's so much that I would have liked to know from her that I don't have. And I don't think I'm the only person, and I don't think I'm the only witch that's having that experience. And so to read about, not only that this man was, like, from a line of Hexenmeisters, but that he was so accessible to not only himself, but, like, to people who don't have the internet. Yeah. The Amish and the Mennonites don't use the internet. They just find him. And he's still there for them and doing good work for them. It just, it warms my heart. Yeah. And I want that for all communities. Well, the only way that I would ever do that for the community, I have to be really old. Because old people can say whatever <laughs> they think. Do you know what I mean? Not no. So like yeah. when somebody young comes and says, I want, I want you to do a reading. And I go, okay. And they're like... Should I leave him? I can look at her and say, girl, don't waste my time. Leave that person. Leave them. I will say, I just do that now. People ask me, I, I have people <laughs> who are like, oh, like, can you read my cards about like this situation ship that I'm in? I'm like, no. The cards say dump him. <laughs> the cards say go to therapy. I literally am saying no now. The cards say get a tattoo. <laughs> Dye your hair. Call it a day. You know what? If I ever created an Oracle deck, I would have a card that says, go get a tattoo. Just call it a tattoo. I'm saying, when that card I comes up... I will not be allowed to buy that deck. When <laughs> when that card comes up in the reading, you're getting a tattoo. You have to leave. You have to leave immediately. You're leaving immediately right and you're getting a tattoo. Um, <laughs> all I'm <right>. obsessed. <laughs> so he does say that they are not allowed to prescribe. So they can't even say, hey... You know it would be good right now for that sore throat? Why don't you get some lemon and honey? Ah, 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 ah. You can't suggest anything like that. And here's the odd thing. They can't diagnose, right? So if mm -hmm. I go in, I'm like, I don't feel good. The Hexenmeister can't say, I think you have tonsillitis or whatever. Mm -hmm. The person, the client has to say, my diagnosis for myself is blank. So... I guess I'm just baffled by this because how do people function like that? Are they just naturally healthy so nothing really bad happens that they need to go to a doctor? Or is the Hexenmeister the first step? And if, if they're like, I can't Probably. heal you, then they go to a doctor, maybe. Maybe that's it. Maybe both. Maybe you go to a doctor and you go to a Hexenmeister. You're like, I'm going to see a doctor, but hey, God, if you could help me out real quick. Eh, yeah, maybe. Um, he talks about at the beginning when he's describing like what a Hexenmeister does, 
um, that he they work exclusively with spoken or written charms and yeah. that they don't do herbs or massage or anything like that. He does then have a whole section about like different herbs and stuff that he suggests that you use, which I think is a little funny. Like I understand contextually why he's doing it. He's like, hey, these are helpful. These are folk magic. You can use them. Well, but he does say that if they were actually good, then he believes that doctors, that science would have gotten to them by this point and that a lot of it is just like hooey. He does say that a lot of the things that he's just putting them in there because people know about them. Yes. That being said, some of them I would like to try. Like which one? I would like to try marigold tea and I would like to try chickpea herb. Okay. And I think Four Thieves Vinegar, chickweed. Did I say chickpea herb? Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> I'm not sure. I think Four Thieves Vinegar sounds so good. It's like red wine vinegar and just a fuck ton of garlic. Um, I would cook with that. I want to make it and cook with it. That sounds, it's cacovan. It's cacovan juice. That's what it is. If you haven't had cacovan, I can't eat it, but it's red wine roaster. Um, it's really good. I, I can't eat it anymore because I'm pescatarian, but you guys should eat it. So good. They sound yummy. They sound yummy. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I should get into herbs. I feel like that's like a thing. Well, this that's is like my next step. This is going to sound crazy, but I want a hex sign. Listen. Tell me. Just because I think that they are really all about, I mean, a religion that is not mine, that I have my own biases against. And, you know, maybe I'm being gullible here because (laughs) (laughs) he's writing this book and obviously he's going to say stuff works. But all those examples he had about like even tourists who went and they bought like, Mm -hmm. because, you know, these signs are supposed to be handmade. And the whole idea is that you envision when you're painting these things, you envision what the client wants. So maybe I want, I don't know, my crops to grow or something. I want health for my family. The person painting is Mm -hmm. supposed to have this image of you attaining the thing you want and keeping that image in his mind as he draws whatever it is he draws on this sign. And that's what makes, and let's face it, that's a great spell. I think witches have done stuff like that. But the fact that he mentions that even the ones that are mass produced for the tourists in Lancaster County, that people have come back and said it worked. That example about the couple that was fighting in the store. And then um, the woman that worked there was like, oh, I'm also going to give you this. It's for harmony. And then the woman came back and was like, oh, my God, ever since we put it up above our fireplace, we haven't fought. And I'm sitting here again. This could just be a selling thing. Maybe it's all a lie. Mm -hmm. But it's a really old tradition. So I just don't believe that it's garbage. Like, I believe that these people actually, the Hex and Mikesers, do do good work. So I'm like, I want me a hex sign now. I don't know. I'm always, you know, I'm a hypochondriac. I would like to get like a health hex sign up like for myself. But anyway, so let's talk about that. There's two different types of hex signs. One is magical. One's decorative. Like literally it's just whatever. And the family that's famous is the family of Jacob Zook. So that's the family that painted many of them. Some of the the oldest sign is the six-pointed star, the rosette. And he t- that's the first one he talks about. But I just wanted to mention, he also has the star of David, the 12-pointed rosette, a heart, um, doves. 
and they there's all mean something them. different yeah there's a ton i just wanted to mention yeah. those so people know like if i say a hex sign like what does that look like literally it could be a picture of a dove somebody drew right or a flower the rosette yeah like whatever and we'll i'll i'll post um i'll post pictures yeah also of like so you guys can see the hex signs um he even Instagram tells you how to make it space co he tells you how to make one like yeah. if you're interested in making one personally though again even though he says you don't need to be initiated you don't need this i think if i was going to get one i either want a hexenmeister to do it or believe it or not i don't even mind a mass-produced one but i want somebody else to do i'm not yeah. doing it i feel like there's going to be something some validity to that then he goes on to talk about the spoken magic of spell work and okay so i wrote down what mm-hmm. you need and he says you have to first develop a few good habits here are the good habits you need to have a good spell and to be honest with you i feel this applies to witchcraft too one good speech how many times have you read right you're doing whatever divination system and it's not until you're halfway through it that you go wait the question that i asked oh that's not what I meant, right? Like you really do have to spend a lot of time asking the question the way you really want it, not just any old way because then you're going to get a different kind of answer. So I think that makes sense. Then be strong in your faith. You know, to quote practical magic. (laughs) Do it. You can't practice witchcraft while you're turning your nose up at it. And it's the same kind of thing, right? If you're not really going yeah. to practice the craft and you start to do something like a spell, that's what I mean by strong in your faith. I don't mean like, I believe this yeah. is going to work. No, it means like, are you putting the work in? Are you are you really working at your craft? Yeah. Then it's pray. And I'm going to say, um, instead of pray, maybe meditation, grounding mm-hmm. yourself, right? Prayer is about concentration, so I would translate yeah. that into concentration somehow. Fast regularly. I would change that to take care of yourself. Yeah. Right? Eat good stuff. Yes, you can have a sugary latte, but also take care of yourself. I'm eating salads. Nice. I'm doing a little dance. Nobody can see my dance, but I'm eating salads. Yeah, I'm eating more fruits and vegetables <laughs> and nuts. Nice. I love a good cashew anything. Mm. Good cashew anything. You put a cashew in it, I'm done. I'm in. Yeah, nice. And then lastly, refrain from having ill will towards others. Okay, listen. (laughs) Nobody look at me. (laughs) I am exempt from that one. Oh, yeah, you're Scorpio. That's why. It's actually part of the rules that you have ill will towards others. Exactly. (laughs) See, I also look at that as don't talk shit about people, but I'm Latina. I can't do that. Okay? Gossip is like what we do. Right? We're going to talk about yeah. people. doesn't mean anything. 100%. It's just what we do. So I would like to talk for a minute about good speech habits. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that I feel like, like I read that and like six different things hit me. Um, I want to say it's like the four agreements or something where it's like one of the agreements is be immaculate in your word. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have an oracle deck from Everyday Magic where one of the cards is the primary problem with language is it's magic. And I'm about to, this is so annoying. 
sometimes I think we think we're smarter than we are as humans. Mm-hmm. And so we think we can get away with saying things. And then we don't. Um, and so for me, this manifests as like, I have to stop speaking about myself sarcastically. Right? Like, I, there's no reason not to be nice to myself. Yeah. But the way that I speak about myself is often, like, backhanded. Mm. And it's like, oh, it's a funny bit. Like, ha, ha, ha. But, like, why? Because I'm saying it. And now it's in the universe. True. It's one thing if I'm, like, thinking it. Because, like, we all think negative thoughts about ourselves sometimes. We live in a society. But if I'm giving it the space to say it out loud I'm that's I'm living a spell you're doing a spell with your daily life right so like and I don't mean that because I I do have to say this out loud on the podcast I don't mean that in the sense that like everything you say is a spell and you should be afraid of what you're gonna say right but think about the things that you're saying over and over right what are the what are the lies that you're telling yourself and I think that like this book and other books that I've read are just sort of hitting me in the head with like, you need to speak immaculately because the things that you're saying are not true. And like, there's value to lies, but like if somebody's in the hospital, you tell them they look nice. Or like when you see a baby, you're like, that baby is cute, even if they look like a wrinkled old man. Like, those are the kinds of lies that are valuable, the lies that you tell to be kind to somebody, not the lies that you tell to hurt somebody, especially yourself. Like, So, yeah, like, the fact that that's the first thing he says, have good speech habits, not pray, number one, not, you know, um, no ill will towards others, number one. Fucking speak good, and then you can worry about the rest. Like, language is magical. Did you ever see the episode of Seinfeld where their friend had an ugly baby? Nope. And they didn't know like what to do. I don't watch do. Seinfeld. <gasps> you don't Sorry. watch Seinfeld? And this is how the podcast ended. <laughs> okay, so. Watch shows about real people. They had a friend who had an ugly kid and it was all over their yeah. faces. And I remember the first time I saw that episode, I was like, that's me. Like, I am that person that, like, if you have an ugly baby, I might go, it's really cute. And everyone's looking at me going, she hates it. She thinks the baby's horrible. It's like, yeah. Um, (laughs) But no, I agree with you on a serious note. Yeah, you're right. Now, here's the thing that got me. Believing and being a church-going Christian is a prerequisite to successful spell work. So... For a Hexenmeister. For a Hexenmeister. Let me be very specific there. We're going to have good speech habits. For a Hexenmeister, you need to go to church. And (laughs) uh, you know what? I love that for Hexenmeisters everywhere. But when you think about it, it makes sense, right? For for anybody. I'm not talking about going necessarily to church. I'm saying if you're going to do spell work, you have to have some sort of 
ethics that you've worked out beforehand, right? Yeah. What do I believe a spell is? Um, how should I work out this spell? When should I not do a spell? Do I do quote unquote bad spells? Do I not do bad spells? Whatever you want to call them. So you have to have this belief. You have to have rules for yourself. For him, it's the being a Christian and going to church. For another witch, it might be be true to what? The mythology of your gods, if you work with gods, the, the rules of your tradition. If you are Wiccan, then you're practicing, you know, yeah. right? A certain way. So I think that that does make sense. You're going to have, you're going to have success in spell work. If you have something that backs up why you're doing a spell, how you do a spell, you have your own traditions, whether it's from a group or by yourself. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I would agree with you. So because he talks about the word, right? There's so much about words in the Hexmeister's life. He talks about mm -hmm. the Himmelbrief. And that is German for a heavenly letter. So it's basically the written out spells that people do. And that's the main way that these folks make money, actually. So that they do charge yeah. for. They will write this out for you and you will have it. And there was a story, the story of the guy. What was the story about the guy with the letter that literally fell from heaven? He was like, he was like an orphan or something like that. Do you remember the story? And he got mm -hmm. this letter. Uh, the one that the Himmel brief that stuck out in my head is the one about not like no weapon will be able to get me. I, I, I read it and I was like, damn, everybody should have this one Himmel brief. We should all everyone in America needs to have the Himmel brief. That's like if I whoever's holding this letter can't die of a weapon. So anybody of woman born. I, didn't we read that in Shakespeare? Wasn't that Macbeth? <laughs> It was, it was literally, if you're holding this letter, no weapon turned against you shall prosper. Right. And it's like a whole, it's like three paragraphs of that. But like, damn, uh, can I give it to every school child in America? Oh, yeah. Can I give it to all of the teachers, right? Like, if it's going to work, there are a lot of, can I put it, give it to everybody? If you enter a mall or a movie theater, you have to have a copy in your pocket, right? Like, that just seems like the thing that we should be photocopying and giving to everybody. See, now that you said that, I'm like, so maybe this summer I'll go to Lancaster <laughs> County and I think I need, I need um, um, one of those signs to put in my classroom and maybe a little yeah. Himmel brief for my students. Can you imagine I actually hand these out to my students? Like, so like everybody's safe. But anyway, but yeah, there was a story. This guy was like an orphan and all he ever wanted was to have a home and be successful or something like that. And this letter came from heaven and he knew what it was, but he didn't know how to read. So he put it in his pocket. And then as he's walking, like, I think somebody offered him food and then somebody else was like, are you an apprentice? And he's like, no, and he goes, apprentice for me. And like, because of that, like the guy taught him everything, he made him rich. Then the guy passed mm -hmm. away, he married the guy's daughter, he got rich. And eventually he learned how to read and he read the letter. And basically the letter just spelled out every good thing that was going to happen to him. Like he was, go if, he, if he had faith in God and he was that a good, hardworking so man, fucking spooky. all these good things would happen. So I loved it. I love that story. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, first of all, 
it's funny because he, you're reading about I was reading like oh they charged for him a brief and I was like oh good I had a moment where I was like oh good good that you're making money off of this which is hilarious because in the beginning of the book when he's like oh we don't charge I'm like oh me neither I love that but also like I like the weird parts of Christianity right so like I like the letter comes down from a sky I like the um I'm gonna carry a white stone because it's a reference to a white stone in revelations like I like the obscure psalms that are gonna get written on a little paper um so that kind of stuff is like fun for me it, it's if you're a raised catholic and you read this book you're gonna have two feelings the first feeling is wow I'm so happy I left the catholic church um, especially at the beginning because there's that you know you kind of have to get over the like misogyny hump and then you're gonna read it and you're gonna be like damn there's a lot of cool shit in Christianity that we like don't know about because this is cool shit right himmel briefs are cool shit a letter falling from the sky is cool shit the hex signs are cool shit I like that I want to know more about that Christianity I mean I like the hex signs and I like the Himmel briefs as well. But I think it's because those are the things that we have in common with with them mm-hmm. as witches. Yeah. It doesn't revolve around the church, but you visualize and you create a spell. When you carve a candle, you should be envisioning. Anytime you do a spell for somebody, you should be envisioning the end result. So to me, that made sense. And getting paid for writing, well, hell yeah, writing a spell is not easy. No. It's complicated. He's talking about like all this fancy paper that he was buying. Oh, yeah. But I'm just talking about like, I know, I can't tell you when I've written daily devotionals to my deities, how many versions I go through. And we're talking about something that's short. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's complex. You know, the language can be very complex when you want it to say, you want to hone in on the right thing to say in the right way. It's hard. So yeah, you should get paid for that. Then, by the way, the book then goes into this weird tangent because we're talking about Hexenmeisters and then it's like the development of language for religious purposes. And then he talks about sacredness of alphabets. He even talks about runes and how they were created and how he's used runes, actually, when he's done uh, spells. Egyptian writing. And I'm going, okay, I get it. Like, yes, alphabets are cool. But I just felt like at that point... Did he just not have anything else to write about and he had to reach a page limit? Because it's not like... A little bit. Like if he had said, I used runes and then went off on a tangent on runes, I'd be like, you go. But he just went off on, on alphabets he doesn't use. And I I was like, I don't really know what's happening. Then he gave, he gives us samples of Himmel briefs. So it's not just like yes. this thing of, I wonder what they look like. He actually gives them to you. And then he also tells you how to work with one. And then he gets into the... Um, the magic of natural objects this book by the way is very very short like we're, we're coming to the very end short. I say chapter 6 like we still have like 10 more chapters to go and I like it like this is like we're getting to the end no, there's chapter 7 and then yeah and then that's it like it's a very short read um, anyway do you want to say anything particular about the magic of natural objects I, not really yeah <laughs> <laughs> not really <laughs> there's nothing new there is, is what yeah. we're saying about um about that listen it sounds like we're maybe being too harsh on the book but i actually enjoyed it okay 
it's just about working with stones. And then the last chapter is superstition or practical reality, which he gets really into God here too. But then he starts talking about working with moon signs. Yeah, which was like also felt like out of left field. Yeah. And at that point, I feel like he's almost almost a witch. I kind of feel like this is a witch book at this point. The book became a witch book. Yeah, right, right at the end. At the end, it was like, ta-da, right boo, I'm a witch. But <laughs> no, he's not. Yeah. So I recommend it. I really do. I've always wondered what powwow was. Oh, and by the way, he mentions other books, and he does have books at the end that you can look at. Yes. I'm actually going to pick some of them up. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I am interested in this. Not because I'm going to do anything with it, but one, it's been on my radar. I've always wanted to know what it was. Two, even yeah. when you have the author saying, I am not a witch, and he's not, but I'm not a witch, and witches are evil, and, you know, mm -hmm. the good ones, they're not really witches, they're whatever. We're not that different. We're not that different yeah. at all. Okay, I really enjoyed reading how people paint things, write things, their spells. They literally, he calls them spells. It's not like he calls them something else. He's not hiding yeah. it. So I think if you're a witch, no matter what kind of witch you are, this book, and it's a, it's a short read. It's a short read. But are you going to keep it? No, I'm not really going to do anything with it. But I'm not going to lie, I wrote down books that I want to get. I wrote down things yeah. about, like, I wrote down names of different things. Why? It's funny, last summer we almost went to Lancaster County. Mm -hmm. But then I was having all this work done in the house and I was like, I, you know what, there's no time. I'm staying home. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to revisit this thing. After reading this book, I was like, there's not going to be another summer that goes by because I'm not going in the winter. It's already starting to snow here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's not going to be another summer that goes by that I do not go to this place. Like, I am going to Lancaster County. I think it's fascinating. I don't care that they call it something else, and I don't care there's a different religion. I thought it was really cool. Learning about this stuff, for me, was incredibly cool. And no, I would never say to a Hexenmeister if I met them, oh, you know you're a witch. No. Like, I just get it. But just like he said, I'm not going to do what he did to the Wiccans and calling them, by calling them nature whatever i'm not going to say well you know what do your wish no i'm going to respect you you're a hexenmeister you're not like me but we have a lot in common i don't think i i think which is my i don't think you need to read this book um and i especially i think for me it triggered a lot of raised catholic bullshit okay um, so if you're not a former catholic I think you might enjoy you, this. You, you'll benefit from that. You'll benefit from not being a raised Catholic. Because even though in the beginning, the only thing that ruffled my feathers was this whole idea of like, respect the fact that they told you they were witches. Like, maybe open up your yeah. mind to realize that. But otherwise, I did like this book a lot. Yeah, I... Listen, I think it's great for people like us who are really interested in like different traditions and, and understanding as much about witchcraft as possible if you're not that person and or if you've got some raised catholic bullshit this is one we put at the end of our list i think yeah for me i would i would suggest that to you um i think you're right so i'm gonna short. defer to you it's on such that. such an easy read yeah yeah 
But no, seriously, there's no reason to get triggered. There's a million books out there that you're never going to read in your whole life. Don't don't re- pick something oh up. God, it's going to hurt you. Don't say that. What? There's so many books I'm never going to read. It's true. <laughs> but that's so sad. That's the only reason to be reincarnated. I'll tell you that right now. I just want <sighs> But you know what? This is the part that I sometimes I think about, okay? What if I'm just rereading the same books. Like, what if I never... Stop it. That's really funny. You come every time and you're like, I have to read as many books as possible. And you just read the same stupid shit over and over again. You never read anything new. No, we do read things that are new because this is from 2002. But I am serious about that. Like, I think about that and I know that we're not supposed to know our past lives. But, you know, if I could talk to the manager... Could I suggest that we just remember all the books that we've read? Like somebody just says Dracula to me and all of a sudden it's like a download, like an instant download. Like somebody mentions in school Dracula, all of a sudden like there are students and, and they're going, like, uh, got it. I know it. Fully fucking the universe. Like, excuse me, I need to speak to your manager because I know I read books and I can't remember them. Yes, because there are so many books. I and I don't, like now that I'm thinking about it, like how many times have I read Dracula? Maybe I've read it a bunch of times. You probably, it's you. You've read it a bunch of times. That's You've read I mean. it every year since it came out, I'm sure. That's what I mean. They also say that if there's an era that you really like, it's because you were probably there. So I was some messed up Victorian. I, I know that. I know. This is your, all of your reincarnations are to like purge the repression. Yeah nice there you go so that was this the last book of 2023 i know i oh my god that's another one don't say that the last book of 2023 is gonna be 2024 i know i'm sorry that the last book triggered you like i feel so sad about that it's like oh my god no 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 no. and let me be very clear also when i say that on the podcast like I am using that in the literal psychological sense where like it brought up some shit for me. That's fine. We all had like, we all have to deal with our triggers. If you're not comfortable with like Christian stuff, you definitely shouldn't read this. Right. But like, you know, I, my kids trigger me sometimes and we just, we go with that. Yeah. You, you process it and you, you go for it. So it's not like a, I'm, I'm fine doing my little, I'm fine dance. But, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, and for me, when, when I'm like, oh, I'm triggered by Catholicism, it's like I'm sitting down and thinking severe thoughts about like the nature of good and evil and like why it was good to no longer be Catholic. Okay. So if you don't want to do that, take a pause on this book. Wait a couple years. (laughs) Come back later. (laughs) So we only have one more episode. That's our wrap up. So if there are any questions that you have for us you want us to answer you can email us where witchfaceco at gmail.com or find us on instagram send us a message there you can dm us there we'll probably post something on instagram asking for questions if not gemini will just ask me a bunch of questions because that's what she likes to do at the end of the year that's like our thing i'm actually already semi-prepared for that episode so oh my god i'll see you there and then (laughs) next year We'll announce it all at the last episode. We got a lot of stuff coming for next year. So much stuff. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. We're not sleeping next year. I think that we're just going to be doing this. And 
Yeah, I'm excited. I'm already not sleeping, so. <laughs> I'm excited about a lot of stuff, so. But that'll be the next episode. We're not saying I anything yet. I am also excited and not busy or tired at all. <laughs> <laughs> I will be very excited in the next episode. I can't wait. Okay, we have to stop now before we tell them things. So yeah. you'll see us in the next episode. You'll hear us in the next episode. None of you see me. Thank God, because I'm in my pajamas. You'll hear us in the next episode. And if you have any questions, you know where to reach us. Thank you so much for being such an amazing audience, for letting us do five years worth of books. This is crazy. You guys are insane. I love you so much. Thank you to Kano and Moore for our amazing intro and outro music. And remember, if you're following the moons, you're following us. Thank you.